This coming Sunday, 23rd of May 2021, I'm holding a free Zoom webinar on the topic Ayurvedic management of chronic fatigue syndrome, burnout and stress, followed with question and answer session. Please find the registration link in the show notes of this podcast. In case you are listening to this after the 23rd of May, please visit my YouTube channel Dr. Vignesh Devraj for the video recordings. If you want to do a one-on-one online consultation with me to enhance your overall health, vitality and well-being through Ayurveda and holistic approach, do check the details in the show notes of this podcast or visit vigneshdevraj.com for scheduling a consultation with me. A very warm welcome to all of you to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond webinar. And today the topic that we are going to discuss about is the healing powers of pranayama. We will start with a short chanting of a Vedic mantra. Om Gurur Brahma, Gurur Vishnu, Gurur Devo Maheshwaraha, Gurur Sakshat Parabrahma, Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha. Om Sahana Vavatu, Sahana Bunaktu, Sahaviryam Karavavahai, Tejas Vinavati Tamastuma Vidvishavahai. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Today's topic on the healing powers of pranayama. The word prana and ayama, both of them constitute pranayama. And the concept of prana is something that which is very unique to the school of Vedic philosophy in Ayurveda, in yoga, in many of the Eastern sciences, like in Chinese medicine, they have this concept called as qi, it is also very something similar to the concept of prana. Now, let us understand what is pranayama. Many people consider pranayama means it's like a breathing exercise or a breath work. Yes, there is a lot of truth to that, but that is not the reality of the word pranayama. So, in order to understand the true concept of pranayama, let us understand the meaning of the word prana. The prana has two sounds, pra and an. Like there is a, the, the first sound is pra, which you will see in the words like prakriti. Prakriti is like something that which is natural or nature. Now, if you take the root meaning of the word prakriti, it, has, it also has the sound pra. In fact, in English, we have a word called as progress or pro. You know, we have this, he is pro-veganism. He is pro-certain political parties. So the word pro means something for life, for it is something to support. Something means that is going to evolve, to grow. And that is what the word pro actually means. I mean, the word pra actually means. So pra, un, the word un, you know, the un in Sanskrit, you will see in a lot of words, it is ending with un. Like, for example, atman. The word un actually means to absorb or to inhale. So the word Pran, 
is prana pran when you add an agara on that to it it becomes prana now in south india like in malayalam we have a term when whenever we get so irritated with someone and you feel that they are draining your energy we say that oh that person just sucks the pranan out of you it means he just sucks the energy out of you and you feel so drained out after meeting this person you want to run away from that person or that experience or when you go to that place you feel the prana is sapped out or drained out or when you go to some place you feel the prana is very good when you go to a place where there is full of nature you feel the prana is fantastic so pran it actually means your life energy the energy that is responsible for the growth energy that is responsible for all the life that is happening see the energy that we are yet to find out with many uh, researches like god's particle we need to find what is the god's particle all this is is to find out what is this prana and this surrendering to this energy and we have a name to this energy that which we do not know what is exactly the cause but that is responsible for all the things that is working like there are statements which says i know how this bulb works with electricity but i don't know why it works and that answer to that why is what we call it as prana and in fact in ayurveda we have this concept called as prabhava that we do not know what is the actual cause for that thing what is happening but there is definitely something that is going on and that is what we call it as prana and the word ayama like prana and ayama constitute together as the word pranayama the word ayama literally means to regulate or to influence or to control like you have a you know if you go to places where there are a lot of heat and you have a fan ceiling fan and you have a regulator and by regulating you can control the speed whether it should be slow or it should be fast so that it can in- enhance the the wind that can hit on you so you feel uh, not so hot and your ability to overcome the heat induced uh, sweating can also reduce because of the wind that is coming so that regulator or the ability to regulate is what we call in sanskrit as ayama in fact even the word for exercise in sanskrit is called as vyayama and the word vya i mean, you know we have the word vyakti means my personality or myself and ayama means ability to regulate my personality or ability to pers- uh, regulate my true energy and that is why it is called as exercises and ability that will bring you confidence that will bring lightness to your body that will reverse aging and that is what vyayama actually means and the same way pranayama means the ability to regulate control influence moderate the prana element in your body so that is what pranayama literally means now the concept of vata in ayurveda is something which is very unique now the word vata is one of the three doshas and the dosha means that which triggers you so anything that is triggering you is called as dosha and the first dosha is called as vata because vata is the most powerful triggering factor in everybody's life in charaka samhita there is an exclusive chapter for vata called as vata kala kaliyam the art of vata and its ability to enhance health and also to destroy your health it can lead to death because lack of prana or loss of prana is what we call it as death 
and when vata is slow or vata is hyperactivated everything is topsy turvy in our health so the concept of understanding vata is very unique to ayurveda and which is also one of the reasons why people consider ayurveda is able to heal many of the illnesses that are called as irreversible or diseases of unknown origin mentioned in many of the mainstream medicine because vata cannot be found out through a laboratory diagnosis it is something that does not have a mortality not mortality the right word is it is called amurtatva amurtatva means it does not have a form it is very difficult to understand it but maybe you can feel it i mean we know that there is wind when it is hitting on the tree leaves when the leaves are moving we know there is wind and we can feel it but we cannot see it there is no form for wind and there is no form for space and vata is a combination of space and air and these two don't have a form and because of its formlessness it is very difficult to understand it through a laboratory diagnosis or an investigation and understanding of this vata is what makes ayurveda a very holistic approach and also in yoga the concept of pranayama is what makes it giving the life energy and in fact the word yoga it actually means to unite or to blend and what are we blending with it is with this prana and what is this prana this prana is the consciousness this prana is what makes the uh, creation possible it, this is the energy that is responsible for the sun moon stars oceans the mountains the rivers the reason why our heart is beating the reason why we are breathing the reason why the blood is circulating the reason why the food we are eating we are converting it into energy it is all coming from this prana like if you take a computer you will have a battery you will have a software you will have a hardware but it is the energy that is responsible for switching it on and making this intelligence function and that is what we call it as prana so coming to the point pranayama literally means the ability to influence regulate moderate control the life energy inside of you so why do we call it as breath work also because that is where our life is see we can live without food for almost a month there are people who do water only fasting for almost a month there are people who can live without water for almost up to week um, like there are some people tribes living in forest they are able to survive with or without water almost up to week but a normal human being he can survive without water for up to 3 to 4 days but without oxygen we survive maybe maximum of 3 to 4 minutes and that is how important it is and that is why even in the mainstream physiology of a body we call certain thing as vital capacity and what is a vital capacity something that which is vital in fact the word vitamins comes from the word vital something that which is very essential when that essential aspect or nutrient is missing from your body your life energy is going down so what is this vital capacity this vital capacity is actually your lung capacity and what is lung capacity is your ability how much efficiently are you using your respiratory system now let us understand what happens when we breathe we inhale oxygen and there is a process that is happening after we inhale and post 
after we inhale there is an exhalation of carbon dioxide and this carbon dioxide goes to the plants and the trees and that is being recycled and comes back to us oxygen so in fact every activity of breathing that we are indulging in we are in connection with nature we are a part of this nature mother nature's cycle and that is what prana is we are in touch with the life energy of this nature and what happens when we breathe is you know we inhale oxygen through our nostril there are some um, micro hair that helps to filter all the pollutants that are entering our nostril and then there will be some there are many pathways which are covered with mucus that helps to absorb all the pollutants that are still there and then it passes through the lungs it passes through the bronchus and then it passes through the bronchioles which is a smaller way and then it passes through the alveoli now all these names that i gave like bronchus bronchiole like alveoli this is like imagine you are going through a highway and then you take a detour to a smaller road and then to another smaller road and then you reach your small destination in a village which is like a super small road maybe one car can go or even a car cannot go you have to walk through there because the pathway is so narrow and that is what this alveoli is this oxygen that we inhale through the nose it passes through this respiratory organ and passes all the way to this alveoli and from this alveoli it is entering our body and it can enter the blood stream and it blends with the blood and it goes through every part of the body it blends with Uh, the iron which we call it as hemoglobin and it blends with the oxygen and it is transported to every part of the body there was a scientist a lymphologist in california in the uh, in the 70s he was trying to figure out we have a system called as the lymphatic system and we have blood that is circulating in our body and the lymphatic system is running parallelly to the blood circulation now we have one exclusive organ that is functioning just for the blood circulation but we do not have an exclusive organ for the lymphatic circulation like if the heart is not there what happens is our blood will flow down and it will never fight the gravity and go to your brain we can be brain dead if there is no heart but what about lymphatic system if our lymphatic system is not functioning for 24 hours we can be brain dead and why do we have lymphatic system the purpose we have lymphatic system is when nature is designing and evolving all the species blood is a very notorious personality it wants to it doesn't have a proper um, discipline when it comes to littering i mean it will it wants to throw all the toxins whenever and wherever the blood wants because blood says if i am toxic i can pollute the whole body and that is why we can do all the diagnosis to a great extent just by identifying the blood and blood is called the river of life just like if you pollute the river the civilization can get polluted same way when the blood is polluted the whole uh, human body can get polluted so the blood says i cannot tolerate any toxins coming into my body and every time i get a toxin and if i whenever i see that it's a toxin i am going to eliminate it out of my system because i want to keep it as pure as possible so the blood has a tendency to notoriously eliminating toxins whenever it wants so nature realized if the blood is going to keep on eliminating toxins like this we need something to collect it and that is why we have something called as the lymphatic system the lymphatic system collects the waste from the blood and make sure it is processed and eliminated in a very systematic in a disciplined manner
it goes out as sweat through our skin also through all the water excretory eliminations that are happening in our body it is after the passing through the blood system now we have one organ exclusive for the functioning of the blood circulation but we do not have an exclusive organ that is functioning for, that is making the efficiency of lymphatic circulation good enough and when our lymphatic system is not functioning properly which means all the toxins that we are collecting from the blood is also not being eliminated properly and there will be limitations for the blood to eliminate the toxins so a proper functioning of lymphatic system is a very important aspect of healthy blood and a healthy blood is a healthy life so a lymphologist he tried to keep a special camera to understand what makes the lymphatic system function properly and he tried to figure out many various things and through this camera he was trying to get a group of people and to try to understand what are the factors that influences the better efficiency of lymphatic circulation he saw that when people are exercising the lymphatic circulation is improving and he saw that it's not just the exercise when people are doing aerobic exercise where they indulge in exercises where they are breathing a little better and anaerobic exercises when people are indulging in that the lymphatic circulation is not as efficient as in aerobic exercise and then he even found out it's not even aerobic exercise even if people are not indulging in exercises when they are just doing deep breathing diaphragmatic breath lymphatic circulation is functioning very efficiently so his finding was a good breathing is a good prerequisite for an excellent lymphatic circulation and a very good lymphatic circulation means good lymphatic drainage which means our blood is being purified so every time we are breathing deeply calmly intensely our blood is being purified and let us understand this concept every aspect every action that is performed in our body like if you go to a neurologist they have this concept of voluntary functions and involuntary functions involuntary functions means anything that is happening without our conscious effort like we don't consciously okay now i have to make sure my heart is beating whether we are conscious about it or not the heart still goes on beating if we are alive we don't have to be conscious about now i have to digest the food we just voluntarily consume the food and afterwards the digestion is taken care by the involuntary actions of our nervous system blood is circulating involuntarily like this majority of the works that are happening inside our body is happening involuntarily and there are certain voluntary activities like we do have certain control over certain things like for example if i am having hunger i want to go and eat that is voluntary if i want to drink water and i have the urge of thirst then i have i go and do it that's a voluntary activity so every activity that we are performing we can classify it into voluntary and involuntary but there is one activity which is essential for the functioning of our body that can be put under both voluntary and involuntary which is conscious and unconscious activities and that is breathing and there is a huge secret behind this now when i say secret only humans have the ability to be conscious and be voluntarily doing an activity for breathing 
most of the animals run on an autopilot when it comes to their breathing but humans we do have the capacity to be conscious and aware about our breathing patterns and this ability is what gave a lot of advantage over many other animals and this ability of being aware of our breathing being conscious of our breathing is a pathway to a lot of not only spiritual uh, progress lot of physical mental emotional immunity all of these aspects can be improved once we are aware of this now let us just understand the life span of uh, animals and their number of breaths per minute if you take a dog you know a dog breathes from its chest it's always like <laughs> it's breathing really quick and if you see the number of breaths a dog has it's about like um, 32 number of breaths per minute and the longevity of a dog is about 15 uh, years if it is very well domesticated and well kept and well fed and uh, if it doesn't have any traumatic experiences a good longevity of a dog can last up to 15 years now let us take an elephant elephant can la- uh, the longevity of an elephant is about 80 years and if you see the number of breaths per minute it's about 8 number of breaths per minute and it can go up to 12 also so what we understand is the number of breaths that is increased in an animal it is also increasing the longevity and if you take a tortoise or a turtle the number of breaths per minute is about 3 it uh, breathes 3 times per minute and the longevity it goes beyond 100 150 years now the purpose of analyzing this number of breaths per minute of an animal and its longevity is not that we have to breathe like a tortoise the idea is we can be on autopilot mode and we can also be conscious about our breathing and when we are conscious we naturally tend to breathe deeply when we are unconscious and under stress and when we are not under observation or alert we can breathe quite quickly and that will reduce our oxygen intake the oxygen that is required in each and every cell in our body and that can also reduce the longevity of a person however this is only a hypothesis because uh, we don't have a published paper saying that how the number of breaths can increase the longevity but this is something uh, that we can hypothetically understand and correlate now let us imagine you are stressed out and when we are stressed out our muscles shrink constrict and we tend to breathe quite shallow and when we breathe shallow our energy is also low because we are on an alert we need to run and escape and suddenly somebody comes and tells you whatever you're stressed out that problem has been solved just relax and the next thing that we do is we take a deep breath and we feel so calm and so relaxed why do we breathe so deeply when we realize we don't have to be under stressed because we feel we can relax today majority of the diseases that the humanity is suffering from is our inability to relax which means we are breathing shallow and when we breathe deeply we are giving more oxygen we are giving our uh, nervous system a chance to relax and when we are relaxed we are able to think better our creativity is much better and our when our nervous system is relaxed our endocrine functions are also enhanced that is why breathing deeply 
is so very important and breathing deeply and breathing calmly is so powerful now if you ask why do people when you know people who are smokers now when they get stressed they want to go and smoke now if you see the let's just use the logic when people smoke what is what what is actually happening they are actually doing a deep breath work from their belly but only thing is they are inhaling something that which is toxic also but that belly breathing while they indulge in smoking is helping them to relax so it is not actually the smoking that is helping them to relax it is actually the belly breathing that is happening that is helping them to relax sometimes people say when i get stressed i need to go and eat more and even when you see people who are eating more after they eat more their stomach enhances and they have to breathe deeply that is another thing that can you can also correlate with these things so when we can consciously take an effort to breathe deeply this is a very important impulse and trigger to improve your emotional activating system now when i say emotional activating system see every emotion has a corresponding number of breaths per minute like for example when we are relaxed and happy we breathe deeply when we are frustrated the number of breaths can alter and when we are really really worried or anxious or having panic attack people breathe really super quick so when we are consciously able to influence this deep breathing what is happening is we are giving a resilience to our nervous system so that we can deal with the problems that is coming to us in a much better way see when our energy is low our ability to fight or our ability to deal with a problem is also low that is why a small things we become super sensitive to small problems whenever energy is low but whenever energy is high even if a considerable amount of problem comes because our energy is high we can be resilient and we know what is what needs to be done and that is when our clarity is coming so this clarity is coming when we are able to breathe deeply that is why we say that wherever your focus is going your energy goes so wherever we focus when it comes to when we focus more on our breathing we are focusing on our prana that is when our prana is enhanced when the prana is enhanced we are regulating the most powerful dosha which is vata and when vata is balanced it is much easier to balance the pitta and it is much easier to balance the kapha that is why in ayurveda first balance the vata and if there is something else that is blocking the vata get that get that out of the system so that the vata can move freely when vata is imbalanced it is very unstable it is very erratic it's full of speed it creates lot of tension anxiety dryness but when vata is stable it is calm it is relaxed there is stability to it and that is prana prana is the healthiest version of vata and only when we have the prana only when we are able to enhance the prana we are able to reach all the balancing of the next level which we call it as tejas and ojas like the prana is the healthiest version of vata tejas is the healthiest version of pitta and ojas is the healthiest version of kapha but the foundation starts with good prana in our body and this prana is not just from deep breathing it is also how we are connecting with the food 
the food that is more connected with nature will have more prana the water that is more coming from the natural source will have more prana but the more packaged it is the more filtered it is we are zapping out or draining out the prana out of it that is why if you want to enhance the prana make sure you are breathing deeply you are eating food that are more connected with nature and at the same time make sure you are more in touch with nature and in yourself so there are so many various ways of doing pranayama one is definitely deep breathing there are alternative nostril breathing like anuloma viloma there are many other there are more than 100 different uh, methods of pranayama mentioned in uh, hatha yoga pratipika now which one do we start with the purpose of this speech is to put seeds inside you to realize how important and a non negotiable pranayama has to be if you have to break your patterns now why do i say patterns the word bhuta in sanskrit it means like the elements the reality whatever you are seeing is it actually a bhuta and in sanskrit bhuta also means the past and the bhuta also means a ghost why a past reality and a ghost all are the called bhuta because in one of my previous lectures on anxiety i said that because when you are haunted with your past that is like a ghost you are not able to come out of it in fact we are a collection of memories and that is why they say happiness is good health and bad memories if you are able to get out of bad memories i mean unhealthy memories that are not helping us and if we can cut from those memories we are able to live freely this ability to let go and that ability to let go comes with clarity and that clarity comes with practicing more of your awareness to the prana elements which starts with your breathing like one of my very favorite statements of uh, victor frankl who wrote the book man's search for meaning he says between the stimulus and response there is a space and in that space is the power for growth like every time somebody comes and tells something that can trigger you and if you automatically react with the uh, negative emotions that means our space is limited we are not taking the time to understand why did he say that does he really mean that even if he really means that should i take it personally and drain my energy down and that ability to think comes with increasing that space between stimulus and response and in order to enhance the space it starts with being aware of our prana or pranayama so one of the best easy baby steps to indulge in this it starts with every morning when you get up you could sit or when you're lying down keep your hands on your stomach and one palm on your chest when you inhale the stomach has to expand out like a football and when you exhale it has to retract like you have a flat stomach so this understanding is quite vital because many times people do it the other way around so once we understand this this is the basics like when we inhale our stomach abdomen expands and when we exhale it becomes contracted 
and in in pranayamas one thing that you will observe there is more uh, focus given to exhalation than inhalation and why more focus is given to exhalation is when you exhale you are giving more space for new fresh oxygen to enter your system like uh, in many philosophies like zen they say we have to first empty the cup only then we can allow new tea to enter the cup or water to enter the cup same way only when we exhale we are allowing space for something new to enter your system and that is why exhalation is given more important and once you put some effort in exhalation inhalation is an effortless process that is why exhalation is given more importance so when you're sitting just be extremely alert and aware of your breathing and breathe from your stomach with a deep inhalation and you are observing you are observant of all the thoughts that are happening you are aware of your breathing the oxygen that is passing through your nose you feel the smell you feel all the sensations in your skin the sounds this is best done with the eyes closed because once we close our eyes we are able to use that energy to all the other sense organs because vision takes 80% of the energy that is transmitted to our nervous system so once we close that we are giving lot more energy to be sensitive to the other sense organs and our sense of alertness goes higher that is also why in darkness we are much more alert or we can also relax in darkness because vision gives a huge trigger to our nervous system that is why closed eyes makes a very important practice very important prerequisite for this practice and when you are aware of this every time you feel your thoughts are going out bring it back and bring it back to your and focus on your breathing with your inhalation and exhalation try this for maybe the first day you try it for like 5 minutes and then increase it to 10 minutes and then increase it to up to 20 minutes and then advance you can go up to half an hour to 1 hour and then when you pursue more yogic studies more holistic healing systems understand more about different types of pranayama like there are pranayamas called as bastrika sitali brahmari and there are even uh, pranayamas called as ujjayi and there are also pranayamas which are blended with some bandhas where we are uh, blocking some of the energy flow in certain bandhas it's not like blocking we are constricting so that the energy is much more pronounced in that area and you can also blend it along with chanting of mantras in fact mantras are expression of sound and sound is the way we alter the vata energy because ears we hear through the sound there is a vibration that is going and touching and that energy is coming from mantras so one is deep breathing and being complete aware of your breathing and the other one is alternative nostril breathing we call it anuloma viloma now there are various ratios like you inhale hold for few seconds and then you exhale for more and then again you hold and then again you inhale hold and exhale for beginners i would just recommend just close one nose start with your left nostril inhale and then don't even think of holding it then exhale through the right nostril and then inhale through the right nostril and then exhale through the left nostril just try this at your own pace for the beginners don't try anything advanced because if you try it advanced but you might think this is not for me and you'll give it up entirely give yourself at least 30 days to practice this 
just alternative nostril breathing and if you are finding it difficult to breathe through both the nostril and why do we do this alternative nostril breathing because many people's one of the nose are blocked so in such situations in ayurveda there is this procedure called as nasyam that can be done or even in yoga they have this therapy called as jalaneti this is also fantastic and when you reduce food that increases mucus in your system by eliminating that because mucus can go and block and some people can have blocked nostril because of that or mucus congestion and once we eliminate that and also indulge in more exercises and aerobic exercises this will open up your nose nostril so this way this can help to improve your breathing so just to give you an idea practicing belly breathing with awareness and alternative nostril breathing these are two great methods to enter into this beautiful world of pranayama and pranayama is not just breath work it is bringing your awareness to everything that you're doing in your daily life and that is where wherever our focus goes that is where our energy goes that is where our prana goes so pranayama literally means regulating our prana and that regulation comes with our ability to be aware our ability to be mindful hope this lecture was helpful and if you find it informative please do share it with your friends who can benefit from this and if you are looking for a one on one ayurvedic consultations if you would like to improve your health if you are suffering with any metabolic disorders or any chronic illnesses where you feel ayurveda can be of real help and if you want a real health guidance please feel free to contact me and you'll find the details of how to get an appointment with my with my consultation in the show notes of this episode and thank you for all for listening and have a beautiful day thank you for listening to ayurvedic healing and beyond if you loved and enjoyed this podcast please do subscribe share and review us this helps to spread our mission of guiding humanity to becoming their healthiest self and also giving the right resources for holistic healing if you wish to know more about my work please do visit www.vigneshdevraj.com and if you are interested in doing an ayurveda treatment or authentic panchakarma therapy please log on to www.sitaramretreat.com